on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They'll look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, which you can now hear on 96.5 FM. Oh, I really enjoyed listening to ESPN Radio on 96.5 FM. I was home this weekend for Thanksgiving festivities. It's like, ooh, pot it up. put it up there, man, 96.5, baby. So you can listen to us there. You can listen to us anywhere. This sounds like a Dr. Seuss book now. On the ESPN app, just download the app, find ESPN Syracuse or ESPN Utica Rome. It's very easy to find on the app. Just hit the listen tab, and there it is. And then you can take us with you wherever you go. Here's how you get in touch with the show today. Would love to hear your hot takes after a weekend full of football. That's hot. Football, football, little turkey, some football, and some other things that we'll discuss, including Phil versus Tiger, which was oddly entertaining. That's how I'm going to phrase Phil versus Tiger. It was oddly entertaining, which we will dive into later in the show. But we were not here Thursday or Friday, of course, for the holiday weekend. Plenty to digest. Syracuse Hoops played Wednesday night before Thanksgiving and all the festivities to get into. Here's how you make yourself a part of it. 437-7644 is the phone number. Brent Axe Media, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. We have one guest who will join us today, Sean Keeley. Top of next hour, Sean of NoonsMagician.com and of Twitter fame and of other fame out there. Longtime guest on the show. It's been a while since we caught up with Sean. I thought he wrote a terrific piece about Dino Babers and why Syracuse fans should not worry about Dino Babers going elsewhere this year. Next year, you might have to worry a little bit more. I still don't think so. I still think Dino's in this for the long haul. I still think he's going to be your coach for the foreseeable future. But I think Sean wrote a very reasonable piece about this that we will discuss, plus his thoughts on football going 9-3 and three and early thoughts on SU basketball. So lots of SU thoughts with our buddy Sean Keeley from Troy Noons as an absolute magician. That's at the top of next hour, 5 o'clock. We'll go on the blind side as we do every Monday. Hot takes to come. We'll recap the wild weekend in the National Football League. Can I get a shout-out for your boy Josh Allen, huh? Doing the thing. Right, Jalen Ramsey? Who's trash? Here's the snap. It's a quarterback draw. Josh Allen breaks one tackle at the five, heads into the end zone. He is in for the touchdown!
Buffalo. A 14-yard quarterback draw for the big man. Touchdown, Bills. The Bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your hands. We won't play the whole song. Just, just, just a little sliver of it. If you had told me that the Bills in a game that Walt Coleman single-handedly tried to destroy with all his yellow flags would win a game because Jacksonville's best player got in a fight on the sideline, throwing him out of the game, and that Josh Allen would nearly rush for a hundred yards. Sure, whatever. I look. I have left everything. <laughs> off the table that could surprise me how the Bills win football games this year. You could have come up with any scenario there. I'd be like, sure, fine, whatever. We'll take it. So we'll get into all that. Giant fans, you're not having a good day. I don't think you've got the right coach in Pat Shermer. Jet fans are even still watching that team anymore. Like, Do you still have a football team? I don't even know. I, I just I forget to check on you. We'll get into all that, recapping the NFL weekend. But, of course, we start with the redemption of Eric Dungey. It is nothing short of remarkable what Eric Dungy did on that field on Saturday at Boston College. We went through the week, and I don't even think we were wrong to assume this. I don't even think we were wrong to be of the mind frame that he's not playing in that football game. And coaches always play this right. Anytime you give them the opportunity to have to not tell you about the status of their starting quarterback, they won't or really anything in the cloak-and-dagger game that coaches play strategy-wise. So when Dungy's status became uncertain again, this is a game that Dino Babers and other Syracuse coaches have had to play a little bit too much in the Dungy era, he's not going to tip his hand to Steve Adazio in Boston College. He will keep you guessing and will not give you anything that you don't need to know. But to see Eric Dungy plummet to the ground against Notre Dame, the way that he did, like a sack of bricks, couldn't get off the field by himself. Reports, these were not reports of secondhand knowledge. These were people that that witnessed. Dungy could not get from the locker room to the bus without assistance. You're like, there's no way. There's no way. And it's a game Syracuse didn't need. It's not like they needed it to be bowl eligible. Yep, there's a nice difference that we're enjoying between 9-3 and three and 8-4. and four, But you didn't have to play him in that. But as Dungy said himself, you were not going to keep me out of my final game. That's in the regular season, of course, pending the bowl game, which we think is the Camping World Bowl, which we'll discuss. But bowl games are weird. Don't lock that in. Don't be booking flights to Orlando quite yet, though it is looking pretty good. So not only does Eric Dungy play, Eric Dungy kills it and has one of the best days in a Syracuse career. And you look at the numbers passing, you look at the numbers rushing, three touchdowns on the ground, three through the air, the throws that he made, the plays that he made. It's become normal. And and it really shouldn't be. Like Seth and I were discussing this right before we came on the air. The all-ACC teams came out today, and Dungy's the third quarterback. Ryan Finley's one from NC State, and Trevor Lawrence is two from Clemson. Look, you know my stance on these things. I don't like to argue about these things too much because – it's just a waste of time. I don't care. It's somebody's award. They felt like that's where it should have gone fine. I mean, I vote for some awards. I submitted my Heisman vote today, which I can't tell you who my Heisman vote is. But I think you can guess. But I am under obligation. I clicked the little box that said I will not disclose my Heisman vote before the award is announced. Uh, I don't think it's ne- it's next week, right? Whenever it is. I don't know. I saw the email come in. I was like, oh, cool. Like, this is pretty easy, right? So 
That's neither here nor there at this point. It was not Eric Dungy, by the way, as many of you tweeted me today. I did. I, I can't tell you who I voted for. I can tell you who I did not. And I did not vote for Eric Dungy for the Heisman, as amazing as his performance was on Saturday. As Dino Baber said after the game on Saturday, one of the reasons he came to Syracuse was, in fact, Eric Dungy. You know, I if that's okay, you can call. Eric Dungy definitely could be a warrior. I think that the thing that's really cool is one of the reasons why I came to Syracuse is because I saw, there's some reasons, but I saw Eric Dungy on tape as a freshman. And I'm looking at him and I'm going, raw, not refined, but a lot of courage. And that move of faith, some of that was based on Eric Dungy. So... I think Eric Dungy needed us, and I think that Syracuse needed Eric Dungy, and it's like a marriage. Together, we're making this thing work, and uh, I wish him, he's got one more game with us, and I wish him nothing but the best, and uh, I think he's got a lot of, a lot more to come, because I just don't think his, his stuff is ending here. There's not a lot of guys like him. There just really isn't. I have to say this. And I didn't want to say anything on the air Wednesday because it's little things like this don't equate big things always. And as a matter of fact, in the interview that I did with Dino Babers, he kind of said what I wanted to say. And that was this. It's, it was a little thing, but, you know, sometimes you just get a feeling, right? So on Wednesday, I went over to the football facility to do my weekly interview with Dino Babers as usual. Thanks, Brent. You're welcome, Coach. And while waiting in the lobby, I happened to get there at the time when all the players were kind of shuffling off to a film session and walk right in front of me as if he didn't drop like a sack of bricks against Notre Dame was Eric Dungy. I said, okay, he's walking. Just because you can walk, just because you can move, just because you can go from one place to the other, doesn't mean you can play in a football game where linebackers are taking shots at you and, and, and you're playing in a football game. But I just, when he walked by, I was like, that looks like a guy who's playing. That looks like a guy who's going to a film session with the mind frame of, I will play in this game or at least do everything I can to play in this game. Now, here's what Dino said about what Eric Dungy did to convince him he's playing. He took a ball. He took a, you know, it's a read zone play. And I'm thinking that he was going to just hand it off. And he yanked it out at the very last minute, and then he burst, which is, if you've got a bad, I'm not going to say what, you know, you shouldn't be able to do that. And he did it, and then I'm thinking, okay, that, that looks a lot better than I thought. And then all of a sudden another guy came at him, and he zipped the ball out there to the perimeter, and I'm like, whoa. It was like one of those secretariat things, sea biscuits. I'm like, whoa. It looks, it looks, it looks normal. It looks normal. And that, uh, it's still getting me excited. And I was like, whoa. I mean, you know, so if he can do that, you know, we still got a chance another 48 hours. He might be able to put in a performance, which he did. Here's a little bit more from Dino. This is after the game on Saturday about when he knew that Dungy could, in fact, play against the Eagles. Uh, he did something. He, he The first part of the week, he really wasn't that good. And then, you know, I, don't, I can't do the exact day. I don't, I don't know if it was Wednesday or Thursday. He did something that was. Ex- I always look at people in space. Okay, I'm, I'm a picture guy. I'm a movie guy. I got to see him in space. And he did something that looked really, really natural, like he wasn't thinking about his back. 
And I went over to him and I said, I said, that, is your back bothering you? Yeah, it didn't look like your back bothered you right there. And he says, I'm feeling better, I'm feeling better. And the minute he said that, all the hair stood up on my arm. I mean, literally, he was looking at me, he started laughing. Coach, look at your hair. All the hair started standing up on my arm because I knew right then we had a chance to win. And you know what? You needed Eric Dungy in that football game because Boston College was getting consistent pressure on him. And Tommy DeVito, while I think is the future quarterback, I will eat all the crow you want me to about saying he should have stayed in a quarterback after, let's not forget, Dungy was benched. And all these people that are coming at me and other people that said DeVito should be the quarterback, we did that off of the basis of the head coach that he benched Dungy against North Carolina, taking the calculated risk that it would light such an enormous fire under his butt that he would come out and do what he did in the final games of the season, which is exactly happened, injury included, right? Let's not forget, though, he was benched by the head coach first. This was not a call to be benched. It was not reaction. It was reactionary. It was not uh, a precursor, right? So all that said, I think Tommy DeVito could have made some throws and made some plays and beaten Boston College, but not the way that offensive line plays. The dirty little secret about this team is, they're not very good in pass protection. That is a flaw on this team that will have to be corrected and will have plenty of time to be corrected with 15 extra practices, with spring ball, and into next season, and when this team truly becomes DeVito's team. Well, that's not it yet. They will start to make that transition in fall ball. They will start to make that transition with the bowl game practices, and they will start to make that transition in spring practice as well. But for now, for one more game, this is Eric Dungy's team. And it is one of the true, inspirational, amazing, whatever you want to phrase it, however you want to put it, the redemption tour that he put on, the adversity he overcame, the point he was out to prove, how people doubted him to the very end, all he did was go out there and win games, put up numbers, run over linebackers, make plays, do everything he had to to convince people that he's the guy right to the last game. And now, whatever bowl game it is, we all hope it's the Camping World Bowl or a significant warm-weather locale, right? Nobody wants to go back to Yankee Stadium for another pinstripe bowl, and and they won't be. By winning that ninth game and putting themselves in the position that they did as the second-best team in the ACC— should all things hold, which I would fully anticipate they will, they are not going back to the pinstripe bowl. And that is good news for you, mostly, but good news for all. So more on Syracuse, more on football, more on that bowl game destination if it's not the Camping World Bowl. And Eric Dungy, you know, proving every last doubter wrong right to the end. We will talk to Sean Keeley later in the show. We'll get some hoops to Discussion going, the blind side, hot takes, all to come. We'll recap the NFL weekend coming up as well. And you're welcome to join the party at 437-7644. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. Joining us now is our good friend Lee Baldwin from Lee Baldwin Company. Recap what happened on the stock market here. Now, Lee, when we last chatted, everybody was trying to get the hell away for Thanksgiving weekend. Like, let's just get out of here. And everybody's back to work today. 
all honed in and focused on what was happening. So how did that affect them? Which was a beautiful thing because they bought stocks today. We there had a nice go. little rally. There Brett. you go. That's what I like to hear. Right <laughs> like Get to back clap. to work, people. <laughs> yeah, I do want to let you know I'm an official member of the Bills Mafia now. After oh, very trip good. To Buffalo. Oh, you were there yesterday. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear you made it out alive. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's a good thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> Heck of a game you got to see there, too. <laughs> it was wild. It was wild. It took fantastic. a while. There was a lot of penalties. What, 23? Oh, brutal. Had Walt Coleman. Stop it. You know what they say, Lee? You can call a penalty on every play in the National Football League. It doesn't mean you have to. Right? Like, stop it. Uh, Unbelievable. Well, anyway, so but it was believable today that on Cyber Monday, Amazon went up over $79 a share. Uh, so that was a, uh, a good move with Amazon. They're expecting about 18% better cyber shopping this year, almost $8 billion, $7.8 billion. So we'll see what the number is tomorrow. Our dog goes to Campbell Soup. Looking outside, if you if a soup can't go up on a day like this, <laughs> it ain't going to happen. So. <laughs> That's all I got. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate it, my friend. That's Lee Baldwin, ladies and gentlemen. You can find him at LeeBaldwin.com. We're stopping in Casanova or Utica. Talk to Lee or any of his great staff to make sure you've got more diamonds than dogs on your portfolio. Let's break on that note. We'll come back. We can certainly continue to discuss Eric Dungey, Syracuse football, the grand position that they are in. I'm not going to spend a lot of time arguing about all ACC teams and awards because I just don't do that. But we will note it where people were because it is certainly noteworthy the number of players that made those teams Syracuse football-wise. We'll recap the NFL weekend, too, coming up. Stay right there. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Uh, just no, just just turn it off. Just turn it off. Somehow, some way, that's still in my '80s bump. Go back to the regular bump, please. This is on the block with Brent Axe. I tried. I tried the '80s bump. I said, "Let's see what's happening there," and then there it was. This is much better. Welcome back. Great to have you here. Happy Monday. Hope you had a terrific Thanksgiving weekend, but. We're back at it, man. All the leftovers. Bring them on. I've been eating turkey for four straight days, and I'll eat it as long as I have to. On the Block is presented by Fusillo Automotive. What do you say we do some hot takes? In that fancy open, baby. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. (laughs) It's time for Hot Takes on the Block. And it's presented by the Press Room Pub. The Press Room Pub is the number one sports and entertainment venue in central New York. Um, So one of the big things that happened over the Thanksgiving holiday that I was curious to see what the reaction would be was, in fact, Phil versus Tiger, the match. And as I said before, and I still hold this opinion now, having seen it and experienced it and all the refunds that they had to issue, from a logistical standpoint, it was a disaster. People figured out that it was streaming for free. They watched it for free. So if you're somebody that paid 20 bucks on pay-per-view or perhaps a local establishment, that paid for it, you're like, well, what the hell, right? But they're all going to get refunds. It's all good, right? I made sure to go watch this at a local establishment. I went to 
see my boy Mikey K at the B2. Knew we had it on. And I said, I got to watch this somewhere with other people. Because I feel like if I had just gotten this at home, and if you're somebody that did this, maybe you feel this way. If like you just got it at home, it was just you and your, your Uncle Fred that's hanging around for the weekend or something, you probably thought it stunk. And I don't blame you for this. But I got to tell you, being out, and there was a lot of people there. And I feel like this was kind of a microcosm of other people around the country that watched it this way. People were into it. They're yelling at the screen. They're gambling. They're doing what Phil and Tiger should have done more of. What I was disappointed in was there was a little bit of banter, but pretty much after like the seventh hole, they didn't talk to each other. They were too serious about this thing. It's like, no, what I was told this would be is Phil, Tiger, John back and forth making bets like me and my buddies on the golf course, but with Tiger and Phil kind of money, 5,000 bucks as you missed that putt. Like I was hoping that this was Rodney Dangerfield come to live. Hey, judge, 100 bucks, you missed that putt, right? I was, but with Phil and Tiger money. And it kind of was that, but like closest to the pin and longest drive. And, you know, and then you see it's for a hundred grand and you're like, oh, all right, well, you know, my knees would be knocking there. It was awkward at times. The It was a long time in between shots. The golf wasn't that good, to be honest. Tiger chipped in on 17. There's a couple other good shots. But once it went to extras and you really started to feel it like, oh, wait a minute, like, there's $9 million on the line here. And when they brought out the money in those clear glass cases and you could see it, and they brought out the lights, and you're just like, all right, game on, right? So I thought it left a lot to be desired in some ways, but I think watching it in public with people on a Friday, having a good time, doing the things that Phil and Tiger should have been done made it better. The experience it of it made it better. Charles Barkley was great. The interaction, people that were tweeting in and, and kind of jawing at the announcers and saying what Phil and Tiger should do was great. So I'm glad I experienced it the way that I did. Had I ordered that for $20, which I would have got back anyway, at home, it would have been pretty lame. That's hot. And look, this was, I was trying to be fair. It was an experiment. I was all in on it. It just, it wasn't filled with his dad jokes and he was forcing it. And like Tiger, I'm surprised Tiger didn't get into this more. And I guess I shouldn't be because that's just not Tiger. He's just not Mr. Personality. And some of the pre-interviews before, the 24-7 was great. But like I watched Tiger and Phil on PTI last week and it did not go well. (laughs) It's like Tiger didn't quite get the memo, like what this was all about. Like he was serious. He wanted to win this thing. And he didn't, by the way. Phil beat him. So I'm glad I watched it and I come back to this. It was oddly entertaining. But I will say this too. Those were the only two that could do it. You could not put, you know, Justin Thomas against Dustin Johnson. You could not put Jordan Spieth against Rory. Like it had to be those two. And from that standpoint, it worked. Will they do something like that again? Well, I'm not sure. They certainly didn't make the money off it they needed to because they had to pay everybody back. Michigan was exposed as a fraud over the weekend. Now, Michigan's still a 10-2 and football team, and many of us would take that as a record for our team, although our team that we follow is 9-3. and And 
is in the short conversation of a team that can easily be 10 and 2 or even 11 and 1. But I'm sorry if you had given me the choice today between Jim Harbaugh and Dino Babers, I will take Dino Babers. Thank you very much. Jim Harbaugh has been, ex- been ex- exposed as a fraud. He's still a heck of a college football coach that a lot of people would take, but Jim Harbaugh's got to beat Ohio State. Hasn't done it. Jim Harbaugh's got to win big games. He's 0-4 in his biggest games at Michigan. And the other reason Michigan's been exposed as a fraud at the kind of the position they're in is you cannot be a team in major college football in 2018 with playoff aspirations and run the football and play defense. Like it's still Bo Schembechler coaching that team. Look around you, Jim. Even Saban figured it out. I need a quarterback. I've got to pick this thing up. I've got to hire Lane Kiffin when he did. I've got to join this revolution because he got beat by Auburn in the Iron Bowl a few years ago, who ran all over him. He got beat by Clemson in what Dabo Swinney was doing. How's Notre Dame winning? How's all these teams? Like I hate to say it, like defense... Are they even going to have defense in like five years in football? It's becoming more and more irrelevant before our very eyes. 74-72, Texas A&M, LSU over the weekend. Like this is where football, it's not where it's going. People say this is where football is going. No, no, no. This is where football is. This is this is where we are. This is football now. And by the way, you know who saw that coming and brought it here and now we're experiencing? Yeah, Dino Babers. For all the people that complained about Brian Ward and defense and all these things, it's like, you don't get it. Like, no. And by the way, the defense did pretty darn good when they needed to. Syracuse defense was one of the best at, at turnover margin. See, that's what, how you make up for it. This is not three yards in a cloud of dust anymore. You can't play defense the way you used to, but you can be opportunistic. You can take advantage of all this offense. You've got to be good in turnover margin, and you just you got to pass rushers, and you've got to make plays when it counts. And Syracuse... Not only was one of the best plus minus in terms of turnovers, not only one of the best third down defenses in college football. So all these people that say fire Brian Ward, shut up. Because you're not paying attention to what the modern defense is. And it's not going to happen anyway. So, you know, go yell at the moon. You'll have more success and you'll be more productive. But that's where Michigan is. A lot of teams would take 10 and 2. But what Ohio State does is Ohio State runs a team in the Big Ten like a team in the SEC. Look at Ohio State, Dwayne Haskins, speed, the way they recruit, who they recruit, how they play. They bolt-raced Michigan. And that's supposed to be the best defense in the country. 62 points for the best defense in the country. 14 of the last 15 Ohio State's beaten Michigan. I mean, Harbaugh got exposed. I'm sorry. He's had a shot. He's a solid college coach that a lot of people would take, but he is not this elite coach that people have built him up to be. He's being exposed at Michigan. Now, there's something else I have to say about this game. I did not watch this live. I had to go back and kind of watch it later. But a lot of people were pointing this out as they watched it. Gus Johnson, who I like, and and he brings any broadcast he does to a new level. He's one of the few announcers that I will stop and watch the game because of who the announcer is, not what the game is. Oh, Gus is calling. Gus could call two cockroaches running across the floor. I'm going to watch it. Doc Emmerich, right? There are certain announcers. I don't care what the game is. 
I will watch them. But Gus Johnson went over the top in trying to paint some kind of redemptive picture for Urban Meyer. All the adversity he's gone through this year and everything he's overcome, and it's, stop it. Urban Meyer is lucky to have a job. Urban Meyer covered for a domestic abuser. Urban Meyer should not get the amount of praise from anybody that he gets. Urban Meyer is a hell of a football coach. He's a horrible human. And I think we've figured this out. I think we've determined this. I don't really think I need to explain why I would have that opinion. And Urban Meyer's fought through some health issues, and maybe you can sell me on the adversity thing there. He's had awful headache issues, and there's still talk he could have to step down because of his health issues. But the way Gus Johnson painted this, it's like, were you paying attention to everything a month ago, Gus? Just because Fox is writing you checks to do this game. It was the highest-rated college football regular season game, I think, in the last two or three years. They got an eight, which is a huge number for a college football game. Certainly the highest-rated game regular season-wise this year and will be for the regular season. But stop it with the coach's redemptive tour. Because Urban Meyer, speaking of exposed, was exposed in a lot of different ways. Is he a great coach? I think that speaks for itself. You know what, though? Maryland almost beat you. Indiana gave you a hell of a game. And Purdue beat your butt. So you can kind of talk me out of the Urban Meyer, you know, legendary thing, too. I mean, we, we can have that discussion. But he beat Michigan. And he beat Michigan bad. And that's all that matters in that rivalry. On that note, we will break. Sean Keeley's coming up top of the hour. He's got plenty of thoughts on Dino, Syracuse football, where it's at, and we'll certainly get some hoops in with him. We'll go on the blind side next hour. we got plenty to do. Stay right there. Thank you. Bye-bye.